right. Well, Casey, you're like my new best friend. I know, man. This is great. Because, well, we went fishing uh, last week, but that was the second time in two weeks. That's great. (laughs) And and so Casey and I, I'm just going to, this is just a little selfish. We Uh, share a, we share a um, common passion in bass fishing. So on behalf of Casey and I, if you know a honey hole where uh, we can go bass fishing, that information, Dustin loves it too. So let's just, <laughs> I'll, I'll include you in the trifecta. But if you know someplace or you, you've got the, the sweet spot to go catch five pounders. And just, a boat. And a boat. <laughs> let us know. We're all in. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that are facing young people. Um, I, I think right now there's a lot of uncertainty among the 20 year olds, you yeah. know, they're kind of like, Whoa, what do we do with this? Right. And uh, we've been trying to continue to be encouraging and, and, and steady all of us right through mm-hmm. this. But I know young people have certain, you know, concerns and questions that have been coming up and, and I know you've got some really good ones. So talk to us, Shelly. Yeah. So I asked um, some of my house church people, just to give us what's on their heart and what they want y'all to talk about. And it was, um, I think, talking about control, one of the questions was how to handle the evident loss of control and major setbacks in our lives. And I see that a lot. I see it outside of our community. Everyone's like, I can't go to my internship. I was supposed to move to New York. Like, we're depressed. Suicide is up. Like, what do, wow. we, what do we do? Is that a thing? Is, That's is really a thing. Know, those numbers like really? Uh, yeah, suicide is actually uh, evidently up the last couple months. Yes, wow. Is that spe- specifically among young people? I don't. I I would assume, but I don't know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Loss of control. Yeah. W- weigh in. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. To, I'm happy. I, I'm just talking a lot, so <laughs> I'm happy to say something. But go ahead. Yeah. Um. I I honestly I don't know if I have uh, any. I don't have any advice. I think the, the, the thought that comes to mind though is, um, you know, we really, we're not in control anyway. Right. I mean, I, I think true. we all kind of live in this, this, you know, mm. uh, almost false reality that, that we are the, the Lord of our own lives and that we're the great shepherd of our own lives. And point. the truth is, uh, we're not the shepherd, we're the sheep, right. you know, and, and a sheep's job is to be led. And sometimes God leads through like very clear prophetic things. And then sometimes God leads through circumstances and closed doors, right? Sometimes it's the rod and the staff and it hurts. Yeah. Sometimes it's the sweet voice and it sounds really nice. And so um, what I would say is that uh, God is still sovereign, right? God is still for you. That never changes, right? And he will work all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And you can really, you can really stand on that. And so even though uncertainty comes and like really bad things happen and, you know, it, it, I I totally get it. Uh, But I think we can at least try to take comfort in the fact that God, he really is in control Mm -hmm. and he really will work this out for my betterment, for my benefit and for his glory. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's, I love, I love what you said. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting there putting myself, I'm thinking about 20 year old me, which 20 year old me was a hot mess, but I was saved, but still just a complete hot mess. But I'm sitting there thinking about how at 20 or 25, even I really thought I had things together. I knew where I was going. I knew what I was going to do. And I, as I think back on it, I mean, the Lord has taken me through so many paces where he's just breaking me of my belief in self. Mm-hmm. 
and my belief in my ability. And uh, I think that point you're making is the right point. It, the challenge is, if you've been in church a while, it can sound cliche, like, oh, God's in control. Right. But no, like, he really is he really in control. Is, yeah. That's the point. You, we really are not in control. And therein is where it causes that kind of anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I'm not in control. Like, right. so we're coming to grips with that through this pandemic, right? Like, yeah. oh, I really am not in control. Oh, I'm really fragile and I'm really in need. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm anchoring to the Lord, I, I don't have any bearings. I don't have a rudder. I don't have a way through the storm. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the right thought, right? He's, he's in control. We're not. Yeah. We hang on to him. And it's going to be okay no matter where he leads. Right. You know, and I think that the, the facade is being removed, right? The facade yes. of control yeah, is being removed. Sure. So right. that I, I can catch that. Like, there's anxiety in that, right? Like, oh, I thought I was in control. You're not. Yeah. What do I do? You know, I, I catch that. And it's, you really have to come in and come to peace with the idea that God's the one that's the sovereign. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one that nothing imposes upon him. Right. Right? He's free. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> We're connected to the one who is fully free. Yeah. You know. That's true. Yeah. And I'd say he's a, he's a really good shepherd. Like, I, I really don't think people, people tend to relate to Jesus and, you know, their, their kind of, you know, preconceived notions. Maybe he's, you know, savior, king or, or Lord, whatever. Right. But, mm-hmm. but I think we, we tend to lose sight of the fact he's a really good leader. Yeah. Like he's Perfect. a shepherd gets you know, he, he keeps the, the sheep healthy, but he also leads them from point A to point B. And he, he does really good, right. you know? And so I, I know personally for me, I tend to take a lot of comfort uh, in knowing that, right? It's, he's good. Yeah. He's and, and, he, and he's, he's compassionate. Yeah. He's kind. He leaves the 99 to get the one. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of a good shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, by, and by saying he's free and we're not, what I meant is, it's not that we're in shackles. It's that Nothing imposes upon him. That's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's completely free. Now, us, we're influenced, imposed upon all the time. We have to respond and react. Yeah. So we don't have that place of sovereignty that he has where nothing, nothing forces him to do what he doesn't want to do. Right. It's powerful. And so when I know that he's the one that's ultimately working all things according to the counsel of his will, there's peace there. If I if I can come to grips with it, there's real peace in that. Surrender to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deep surrender. It's, How does that grab you though? Because yeah. 24, you know, you, you're got the I'm world so, by you know? the tail. You're gonna get take over. Like, how does yeah. that how does that work your own emotions to think, wow, I really do have to throw my hands up and say, okay, you have me. Right. It's hard because the whole world tells you, you're 20. You have control. Go do it. Go take the world by the horns, whatever, Mm -hmm. and go make something of yourself. Like if you don't, then you're, you're looked at weird, you know, you're, you're lazy or you're unambitious. And, um, it's, it's just so interesting because I've almost felt, if I'm honest, like I'm going through withdrawal of feeling like I'm in control. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I really am not. And then it's, it's freaking me out a lot. And so I've had to actually, yeah, come to terms with this and, it's hard, though, because um, on the other side, it's like there is a part that I have to play and I have to I have to do something. So I can't just, you know, it's it's that I think many of my peers and myself included, we are all just like we have a part to play. We can't just like sit around and be a sheep. 
So what can we do in this time? Like the second question to that was like, how do you grow in your walk when, comfor when, when comfort has been taken away? Uh -huh. And so the comfort has been stripped away, the facade of comfort really, because we were never, well, we were never in control. Mm -hmm. We felt comfortable, I guess. And so. Um, Let me tease that out ahead. a little bit. Cause yeah. you said you, you're beginning to come to terms with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're 20, take the world by storm, you know, all, you, you know, go make something of yourself, go do something. You know, yeah. that's kind of the message, especially people that come out of college, you know, like yes. you got this. And, and now you're coming to grips in the middle of a global pandemic that the whole thing is shut down. Yeah. We're not in control. How, how did you, I mean, in your, what's the process inside of you that took, that's taking place? Like, okay, I'm coming to grips with that. He, that he is in control and I'm going to be okay with that. Like how, and, it, and I'm sure it's messy right now, right? Yeah. Like for a lot of, for a lot of people, for a lot of us, like, you know, yeah. older generation too. I don't really think of myself as that much older, but anyway, we won't go there. Bro. Let's not go there for now, you can have it. but how did you, and, and how are you yeah. working through that? I think that's important. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, this whole quarantine thing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I look around at my friends who are seniors and graduating from college and they're all like, what am I doing? Like, they're sad. And um, it's been hard because then I think about where I was two years ago when I graduate college, graduated college and can't imagine how it would be to be here because I already feel um, all, the, all the pressures of it. But um, what has helped me come to terms with with the fact that I'm not in control is that I can't make any plans. It's like that verse, it's like the man makes the plans, but the Lord orders his steps. Uh, and mm -hmm. and um, it's also that, um, I think it's a verse in James where uh, it's like, why do you think that you can just say, yeah, we'll go do this tomorrow. Mm. And um, I can't remember the rest. Unless but, the Lord unless wills. Unless the Lord wills, yes, that's the point of it. And so I just think, um, it's been so interesting to be like, I have nothing to look forward to. I don't have summer plans. I am just stuck and I just have to like look at God and like, and, and your abiding class has truly helped me a lot. Just a plug, I guess, <laughs> but just, um, the emphasis on abiding has really been so crucial and, um, helpful for me in this time. And I think for many of my friends as well, they're all like, how is it, how has this been the answer the whole time? And we didn't, yeah. We've never had a handle on it. And so, I don't know. It's it's hard. I'm not fully there. I'm still, like, trying to grasp at straws. What should I do now? Should I plan for August? Should I plan a beach trip? Should I <laughs> plan goals for my life? Like, what 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 should I do? So, um, just really having to die to yourself. I feel like it's almost forced, forced me to die to myself to a deeper degree. Yeah. I, I love what you said, though. You said... It's forced me to look at God. Yeah. Just stay looking at God. And I think that's kind of this odd paradigm that we have in Western Christianity. Like, you know, we sort of do a little Jesus and then do our life ourselves. Right. And that is just not Christianity. Yeah. And that's what that abiding passage, John 15, is about. It, it's what, I mean, so many, it's Romans 8 is about that. Yeah. There's so many passages that are about it. First uh, Peter one mm -hmm. is about that. Be a partaker of the divine nature, and, and it's living, holding His hand the whole time, living yeah. connected, you know, uh, to the vine. 
And, uh, but, but your point is I've had to look at him. And, there's nothing and else to look at. <laughs> that's a, that, that's a great place awesome. to be. No, that's I'm it. I'm actually really thankful. Yeah. Most days I'm thankful. Some days I'm frustrated. But no, but that's <laughs> great really because thankful. I know we talked a little bit and that yeah. wasn't exactly where you were six weeks ago. No, yeah. And that's powerful though. It's powerful. Right. Yeah, and, and, and one of the things that uh, your, your question even kind of sparked in my own mind is I know there's a lot of young people who – they are like they're they're kind of they're supposed to graduate college here, and yep. you know the the thing that the young generation is is has had pumped in them, and it's it's actually working against them, is that from the time they're in elementary school, they are told, okay, when you turn eighteen, yep. you need to have a plan for your life. You need to know what you're going to do, yep. and it's it's really a it's a really if I can be just frank, it's a very stupid thought because <laughs> I don't know a single eighteen year old who knows what he's going to be doing when he's 50 years old, right? right. Or is even capable of planning for that. No. But they're, from the time they're in elementary school, that's kind of pumped in them. And so, you know, for those people who are, you know, you're getting ready to graduate college in this pandemic, right? Yeah. Or high school. Or high school, right? You know, 10 years plus of your life, right? You've had this, you've got to have a plan, you've got to have a plan, you've got to know what you're going to do. Yeah. And then we even we even pump it in the church, you know? Like, it's, it's just a message that we that we pumped it. you got to, you know, it may sound different at the church. It's like, you know, get you a know, vision, get a vision for your life. That's right. Wow. You know, what does God want you to do? What's the will purpose. of God over What's your, your life? purpose? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the most freeing, uh, you know, concepts that I had to come across was that destiny ultimately is stumbled into, hmm. right? Yeah. For most people, destiny is stumbled into, and that's kind of the way that God does things. Right. And so it's not this thing that like I've got my eye on the prize for the, you know, the next 60 years of my life and I'm achieving something. Right. My job ultimately is to love the Lord, all my heart, soul, mind and strength and to love everybody on the way. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I just if I just keep my eyes focused on those two things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And work hard and steward the opportunities that God gives me when he gives them to me. Right. right I'm not going to miss my destiny. Right. Yeah. So it's for the people who are like kind of struggling and they're, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're 20 years old, 22 years old, and you're looking at graduating college and you're like, well, what am I going to do? Is this going to change the whole job field, all this kind of stuff? I would just say, it's okay if yeah. it, it, God's got it, man. Destiny is stumbled into. It's, it's not this thing that we have to fight for all of the time. Right. The will of God for our life is that we would love the Lord all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah, that's it. The love of God is the issue. Mm-hmm. Loving God. Being loved by God, that's the issue. Everything else are minor details. Yeah. I, I say I say almost exactly how you just said it. I magoo into most things. <laughs> and did, you, did you remember Magoo? I don't know if that's do you know I've Magoo? Heard of that. That's hilarious. Okay, so Magoo is just for anybody that's younger generation. He was this guy, this cartoon with these Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. And he's bumbling around through life. And it was a, he was an anointed bumbler. He would miss all, like the anvil falls and he just misses it. And he yeah. walks bumbling through the street and he just barely doesn't get hit by every car. And I, I realized somewhere along the way, like if, if I will fasten, like you said, look at Jesus, fasten to Jesus, be loved by him and love him back. Yeah. He makes me this anointed bumbler. Like, I mean, <laughs> it looks really cool on the outside. Like, wow, that was amazing, bro. How you did? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't do any of that. That was absolutely magooing into the thing because Holy Spirit, He's the one that leads us, directs us. And and I love Song of Solomon. It says, His left hand is behind my back, yeah. and it's he's, He says, with His right hand He embraces me, and His left hand is behind me. 
And that left hand is the unseen activity of God to direct us into his will and into his plans as we pour our love on him and experience his love towards us. Love is the issue. Right. The, the things that we get to do with God, those are minor details. Yeah. And it's cool to know that he's actually written them down in a book beforehand that we get to walk in yes. those with him. His like he's, he's not confused about what your destiny is. Right. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so good. I think loving the Lord will give you that eternal perspective that will help you not have to, you know, because I, I don't like the bumbling thing. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know if that's just unplanned. But if you're like, if I go over here and I get to love somebody, that's the whole point is learning how to love, you know? Sure. And then if I get over here and I learn how to be patient, like that's the whole point. It doesn't matter if so I'm good, reaching so. my goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think just loving the Lord gives you that eternal perspective and so good. that's helping yeah. me. Yeah. The word, what is it? Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and, and he will make, make straight your paths. Yeah, he yeah. directs I, your I love that passage, that little verse, because Proverbs it just, three, five. It, yes. it implies that you're just going to miss it. Right. Right. You acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and I'll straighten you out. <laughs> right. It, it really implies that you're going to zig when you should have zagged. Yeah. Right. And your whole job, it's just, I'm going to love Jesus. Like you said, and I'm going to be loved by Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to love everybody on the way. Right. Right. And I'm going to, and I do think it is key though, because you don't want to just, you know, you don't want to just be lazy. Right? Right. right. I think you steward the opportunities that God gives you when he gives them to you. Yeah. Right. When you see an opportunity oh, from the sure. Lord, you work hard. Yes. Yeah. But you know, having this 20 year plan, I'm like, you know, students will come to me all the time and they're like, I, God, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm like, you're probably not going to do that, but that's okay. You can change your major seven times. And... The thing that I notice that God will do for people is he'll show them where you're going to be in 20 years. And then what we try to figure out is the path to get there. Straight. Yeah, we, yeah, our version is this straight up into the right path, you know, like perfect. And God's version is some like roller coaster nightmare, you know, all over the place to get us to that 20-year thing. But oftentimes to show the 20-year-old, this is where I'm taking you. And then the the 20-year-old tends to think, I want to be there tomorrow. And God goes, you're so cute. I have such fun roller coasters for you. Because there's a thousand things that I'm going to work into you and out of you. Yeah. In the process. And the process yeah. is as powerful as the destination. Because the destination is Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not the destiny. Yeah. The destination is Jesus. Right. Yeah. Love on the, it. On the topic of love, um, maybe we could talk about coming to terms with the affection and approval that... Um, that God has for us and that it can't be earned. It's another question. Before we go into that, can you, okay. you actually, you actually said a question before that we didn't address. Oh, that I okay. think is really good. Mm-hmm. The, the comfort growing yes. in God. How do we grow it in our walk? Um, when com- comfort has been taken away. That's probably the best time to grow. That's a very short answer, but I, I know for me, um, so, you know, I can equate this to my marriage, right? I have really wonderful, happy, easy seasons in marriage and it's really good. Right. But, it's the hard seasons, the uncomfortable seasons so true. that you cling to, you hold on to truth, you, you, you do what's right even when you're not necessarily feeling it. And on the other end, right, you've made it out of there and all of a sudden you feel like a bond. You feel, you feel grown yeah. uh, to that person uh, in a way that you hadn't before. And so, but I, I, think that's, I think that's key. You were talking about, um, you know, sometimes God will give you the vision ahead of time. And I think about Paul, right? Yeah, God gave him the vision ahead of time and it also says that he showed him all that he was going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. In order to be the man that God wanted Paul to be, right. it required an immense amount of suffering. Right? right. 
or for us, we'll use that language, it, it required him to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And so um, if, if you're uncomfortable, that's a great place to be. I really, I just, uh, at least I'm convinced it's a great place to be. No, it's yeah. so, it's such a, it's so critical right. to understand that. And it's so not American. So right? Yeah. Because, uh, um, you know, part of what we are into in America is like domestic tranquility. Uh, yes. Peace, pursuit of happiness. Peace at home, you know, <laughs> life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. These are kind of American values in our preamble and, you know, you know, that show up in, 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 in the culture of America. So the concept that we should go through difficulty unto being matured, unto growing, it seems really odd yeah. in an American uh, culture. Um, I don't think it's like that in other cultures around the world. It's not the same, but um, it's the journey through the wilderness. I, I, pe- I preached sometime in the fall last year about going into the wilderness, how God fashions us through the wilderness, through the difficult times, mm-hmm. the hard times, and that's where he actually causes us to become purified and refined and we're singing it right now that maverick city song everybody's you know you're the fire refiner i want to be consumed you know we sing these things i want to be consumed tried by fire that's not about being comfortable that's about getting the stuff that's not good burned off of you well if you just think that through for a second that's not fun (laughs) but we love singing it I want to be tried by fire, purified. Like that's about comforts being removed mm-hmm. yeah. and difficulties and us being fashioned in those places. And so how to, how to, how to go, you know, grow in that, how to go into the Lord in that. It's exactly what Shelly said a minute ago. You've got to put your eyes on Jesus. And I know we say that around here a lot, like all eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. because that's the answer all eyes on Jesus is the answer right. through, through blessing, through trial, through tribulation, through glory. All eyes on Jesus keeps us steady, focused, faithful, yeah. envisioned, hopeful, engaged. Yeah. It's Jesus. He is the answer. I, I, I feel like a one-trick pony because I'm like, intimacy with Jesus. <laughs> How do you prosper in life? Intimacy with Jesus. How do you overcome trials? Uh, intimacy with Jesus. How do you grow through affliction? Intimacy with Jesus. I mean, it really is yeah. the point, though. Yeah. Christianity is not a system of belief. It's not a bunch of self-help messages. It's a relationship with a man who is God, Jesus Christ. That's the whole thing. He is the path, and he is the end. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Keep going. You've got good questions. We, we're, I mean, we're killing it on time, but hey. It's okay. You need to if talk more good. often. You really got it going I on. I don't know here. about that. But here's um, the question that I said before is just how do we come to terms with the affections and approval of God and the fact that it can't be earned? You answer that. Okay. I'll, I'll, here, let me, let me tee the ball up for you, okay? okay? I know that this is something that's been powerful for you because we've talked mm, about it. Yeah. And I know that there's been seasons where that wasn't as real for you. And then there's been seasons when it was. And so as a, I mean, you're a church kid, raised in the church, been around the intimacy message for quite some time. Um, That hasn't been a new thought for you in the last several years. And that's sometimes more, sometimes less. But how how have you moved from it being some sort of thing that you, you got in your head 
to it becoming something that became real in your heart that was moving you. Yeah. Like even tonight we're worshiping. I'm, I'm over here weeping. You guys, I can hear you worshiping behind me and we're just singing a couple of worship songs. But that's not because we're putting it on. It's right. because Jesus. It's because Jesus is awesome. Yeah. And, and we're coming to terms with the fact that he loves us. Yeah. And that's real. And that's what keeps my heart alive. How, how was it a thing for you? Like what was the... What were the triggers? Yeah. How did it happen for you? Because I know you're still coming to it. I know you're yeah, not like arrived, yeah, but not arrived. Um, neither am I. <laughs> anyone? Casey? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I fake it a lot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I, what really helped me about a year ago? Because yeah, I've been at the house of prayer since I was 15. I heard the intimacy message when I was 15, and um, I, it just I didn't have. I don't know. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have um, the practicals. The handles. Yes. I was just like, God's real and he wants to talk to me. Okay, God, like talk to me. But um, I struggled with that. It just didn't seem to happen the way that I wanted it to. And um, not to give my whole testimony, but this past year, um, I took a Song of Solomon class and that really like just solidified. I was crying at every class because it was just um, the tenderness and the sweetness of the Lord and just like um, treating her with such gent- gentleness like a father would a, a child and like a toddler. You don't like get mad at a toddler for for not being able to walk yet. You know, you're just like in there with the process and, and that had never been, it, I'd never been able to grasp that and I don't know why, but um, the class just really helped me and just like going through every single verse and like it broken, it was broken down. Steven Eugen's class is just the best. I want him to teach it every, every, every um, day, every day would be great. (laughs) A podcast would be great. I don't know. Just an idea. Um, But that was, that was what really changed my heart um, last February, just about a year ago. And it really started me on a trajectory of knowing the Lord better, and um, I still have to remind myself all the time that that's true because it seems too good to be true. You know, was there a time when you had to reckon that what He says about His love for you, and am I worthy to be loved? Yes. Was there a time when you had to reckon that? Because I find yeah. that being that's where the that's where the kind of disconnect happens for people. Yes. Okay, you love, but you couldn't love me. I'm, I'm me. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you couldn't love me. I know you love, you love everyone, but not me. And I think people hit the wall right there. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's the 100. Like if you can get that to become personal. Yeah. And I think for me, that's what it was, is when I realized it wasn't just them out there that he loves. It was me. When it got personal. Yeah. All of a sudden, all my defenses, all my reasons, all my protections, they just got, ex- they just got destroyed mm. because the furnace of love was just melting down all of my reasoning right. why I'm not lovely, why I'm not lovable, you know. How, how, did, it, how did that work for you or at what level yeah. has that, you know, I mean, how did um, you deal with that? Because to me, that seems to be a lot of people's challenge. Right. I think what I just had to be was like, God, you are king and what you say goes. And if you say that I'm lovely and that I'm lovable and that you actually care for me, then I just have to 
like surrender to that truth because if I don't, then it's pride. I'm in pride, yeah. you know? Who am I to say? Who am I to say? Yeah, you're the creator. I'm the clay. Like, I literally just have to remind myself that often. But that's, I feel like the Lord really gave me that at that because I was struggling. I was like, God, I should have known this. I should be way farther along. Like, how, like, I've done nothing to deserve. Like, I had every chance. Like, you've given me all these chances, but, um, yet here I am still struggling. I can't be lovable, but I had to be like, yeah, God, whatever you say goes, you're the, you're the king. You, it doesn't matter what I say, you know? So that's what really helped me. Yeah. Can I, I'd love you to interject. Yeah. So that right there is, that's the biggest issue that I have noticed is, uh, it's not so much, uh, most like new Christians don't seem to deal with this. Mm -hmm. It tends to be people who have been like seasoned in the Lord for a little while. Right. Because there's this concept. It's like, well, well, now that I'm saved, I know better. Right. Like I can understand that God would forgive my sins before I was a Christian because, well, I didn't know better. Right. Right? But now that I know better and I still mess up, God, how could you? Right. And it's and you know, my go to passage, I preach on it all the time. I I find myself repeating it. I I sound like a broken record. Romans five. It's the best chapter. (laughs) He says, listen. God demonstrated his love and that while you were a sinner and other translations say, while you were his enemy, Mm. he died for you. Yeah. Right. And then he goes on to say, how much more now that you're a son, shall you be saved from the wrath to come? Yeah. Right. In other words, so, so God loved me enough when I hated him. Right. Right. To forgive my sin. How much more now that I actually love him and I've been reconciled into the kingdom and, and I'm his son. Yeah. Right. Like, of course, he's going to be just he's going to be even more quick to forgive my sin, right. you know, and I you know, yeah. don't build a theology on that particular line. But right. The point is, yeah. if God loved me when I was an enemy, certainly God's going to love me even more so now. I'm a son. Right. And he's yeah. for me. And I just I love that passage that because, I mean, that accusing voice, man, it's so real, especially in, in quarantine and isolation. Yeah. Right. The, the two things that I've been telling people is the the. Uh, voice of the accuser is louder than ever and the temptation of the enemy is stronger than ever, right? Yes. That chapter, read it every day. If that's you and you were like freaking out going, man, I, I am unworthy. I, God can't possibly love me. You know, I know better now. Yeah. Every day, wake up, read and pray Romans 5, man. Just, I think you just confirmed for me. I was considering doing another little e-course called Glory and Tribulations <laughs> right out of Romans 5. Oh, wow. So I think you've just it. confirmed it. <laughs> But I want to tease that out a little bit, Casey, because I know your story. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that what you're describing to be personal to you, mm-hmm. like, you know, going in God for a while and then getting confronted with the love of God that not only, you know, moved your heart, but like melted down, so, you know, some, some paradigms and things that you had. Yeah. What, how did that work? Because I know for me, when I got confronted with the love of God and I realized, oh, I should have been here already because for me, I've been in full-time ministry for 13 years. Yeah. Been preaching, yeah. revival, repentance, all the hard messages and thinking that the message of love was a little light. Yeah. And then realizing, oh, his fire is his love. Oh, whoops. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but in that, when I got faced with that, there was that almost that sense of shame. Like, I should know this. Mm-hmm. How do I not know this? I've been in ministry. And how do I not know this? Yeah. I mean, how, and, and I had to reckon that. Like, I had to let him, I had to let him love me. I literally had to put down the defenses mm. 
and just let him tear it down. And, and the point that Shelly made, you're God, I'm not. If I say you're wrong, I'm obviously in pride. Like that is exactly how it worked for me. I mean, how, how was it for you? Cause I know yeah. he melted some things in you that yeah. were powerful. They were strong areas. And uh, how, how did it go? I mean, what was it? Yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, the last time I was on uh, here. And for me, it was, for me, it's a little different because uh, I got saved out of like, you know, just crazy. Yeah. Crazy man. Drugs, alcohol, gangs, girls, all of it. Right. And so when I was 18 and I met Jesus, uh, there was no question in my mind how much God loved me, right? Like, I mean, my, my joy in the Lord and my gratitude in the Lord, my desire to be with the Lord and talk about the Lord, I mean, it was like level 100 all of the time. Uh, and the thing was, uh, you know, eventually I, you know, I, I really identify with the book of Galatians, right? Because I, I, the Judaizers got to me. Right, the 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 kind of Christian religious Southern Bible Belt Christianity, the rule makers, the rule makers crept in, right, mm-hmm. and the, and and I literally had people say to me, "Okay, you've been saved uh, this long; it's time that you kind of start looking like us, and dressing like us, and acting like us, and yeah. you know, singing like we do, and you know, just just doing all of those things." And I didn't know any better, so I you know I, I fell into that and became a Pharisee, right. And I was just dead inside, but I was arrogant and I had my whole list and I met all of my criteria and it was great. And I was like, you know, it was just, it was a really bad time. So, so for that was, that was several years of living like that until last year, right? And that's when the Lord hit me during the reset, right? And all of a sudden it was like, I mean, it was just this incredible uh, encounters with the Lord and then encounters with the word of the Lord. Yep. Right. Uh, and it was just Speaking all the time. The Bible, not just the, prophecy, like the actual yeah. scripture. The, yeah, the scripture yeah, was, yeah. was coming alive to me and, right. and, and hitting me. And that's what we talked about last time. Right. So for me, um, what, I, what I had to do, I, I didn't ever feel like, oh, Lord, I should have known this by now. But there was shame on a Lord, how could I have abandoned you? Mm-hmm. Like I knew the truth. I knew how much you loved me and I let somebody get in the way of that. I let mm. the Judaizers come in and, and it honestly felt like I had committed adultery, wow. right? It was like that level of like, I, I exchanged you, right? Yeah. I, I took what I knew to be good and true and right. And I, I, you know, I left that. And so for me, it was a, last year was a, a big coming back to mm-hmm. my first love. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, not without its challenges because uh, it's, you know, you got years of those, of those, you know, habits, you know, of being a whitewashed tomb, so to speak, you know, dead on the inside, looking great on the outside, um, that it's easy to fall back into. But, uh, I know for me, that was, that was the thing I had to deal with. So it wasn't a, uh, you know, man, you know, I should have known this. It was like, how could I have possibly left this? I was happy in God. You know, when I first got saved, dude, for like years, I was just happy in God, mm. right? I wasn't even, wasn't even measuring myself. It was me and Jesus and it was great. And, you wow. know, it was just, it was awesome. And so I was like, you know, they always tell you that you can't live there, mm. you know? And I was just finally like, I'm just going to try. Why not? God loves yes. me. Yeah. God loves me and I'm, I'm forgiven and my sins are not held against me any longer. You know, I'm, it's great. Man. You know, yeah, so that thing you're talking about, it's like professional Christianity. Yeah. You know, once, once you become a professional, all of a sudden you lose first love. Yeah. And um, you can live there. You can live buoyant in the love of God, filled with the life of God, filled with the joy of the Lord, mm-hmm. 
from the one revelation that God absolutely loves you. He's absolutely um, ravished over you. As a, you know, Song of Solomon 4, he's, he's completely undone about you. And he's so laser focused in affection toward you. You can live in that. And it can literally move you and lift you daily. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not by any means, Mr. Like perfect emotions, whatever. Like I'm a passionate guy up and down. I mean, sometimes I'm down, sometimes I'm up, but I'm going to say this. Whereas years ago I'd have as many down days as I have up days. Now I don't know. I, I can't remember down days. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've lost track of when I have them because I have one singular thing that lifts me and it's the truth of his affection for me. He likes me so much. Not because I'm special, but because he's so special and he really does like me. And that becoming that becoming singularly the truth that compels your heart, that's how you reconcile that deal. That's how you reconcile that deal. And I know who asked that question and I just want to say that to you and to anybody that that applies to, the way you reconcile the love of God is realize it's the singular truth that is true about you. The most important thing about you is what you believe about God. And if there's one thing to believe about God is, believe this, he loves you singularly. He's radically in love with you. And that's not just for them, that's for you. And you can live with that thing lifting your heart every day. It's, it's honestly what brings a, a smile to my face every day. It brings joy to my soul every day. I think we probably need to wrap up. This has been too easy and too good. We could go for another hour. Why don't, why don't we just take a minute and just pray for this? It, you know, let's just pray for these things. Um, I feel it for our young people. I mean, I care about our young people so much because it's so easy to lose the rudder. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to uh, uh, a guy that just came through our internship, guy I've known like his, almost long, long, his whole life almost. And I just saw him this, this like last week. And I said, man, how are you? He goes, I'm thriving. I go, ooh, tell me about that. And he was just telling me how through the quarantine and the stay at home, he's really set his focus on the Lord. He's got himself a little job. You know, he's able to do the job and stay focused on the Lord. And though he doesn't have all the other things, he's got himself this good rhythm with Jesus and this sort of productivity that he's doing. And, and he, goes, I, he goes, I feel great. And I, that encouraged me. Because I know that's not everybody's testimony right now. You know, some people are like adrift at sea. Right. And uh, let's just, I just, I'm going to throw it to you guys to pray for it. And then we'll just, yeah. we'll just close. We just want to pray for people, the love of God, the, the direction of the Lord, that, you know, growth through the trials, all the things they were asking. Let's just pray for that stuff right now. Yeah. I'll start. Okay, you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're such a good shepherd. You're such a good shepherd. You've never led us astray. You've never led me astray. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just, that you would be with our young people, that you would be with those who are struggling and they feel like they are adrift at sea and they feel visionless and they feel like their passion is down and their joy is down. I pray that you would minister to them. I pray that you'd minister to them at night. 
Lord, uh, specifically. Uh, your, your word says that you give to your beloved even in their sleep. I pray that you would give to them even in their sleep, that you would renew a passion. You would rekindle a fire to them uh, even in their sleep. Lord, when they wake up, that they would begin their day meditating upon you and your goodness, standing upon truth, putting their faith in your word that what you say is true and will come to pass. We love you. We trust you. I pray that you would comfort those who are hurting. I pray that you would, you would increase faith for our young people, that you would give them the supernatural gift of faith, that they may apprehend every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We just want you, God. Lord, I pray that you would divinely lift people's gaze up to you, God, even when the, the waves are crashing all around them, God. Just let them keep their eyes fixed on you, Lord. Just divinely take away all the distractions, all the lies that are trying to um, jockey for their attention, Lord. I just pray for grace to just look at you, God, and, and anxiety would just go in the name of Jesus. The anxiety to, to plan and to... And, and um, just like anxiety that comes from just looking at ourselves and looking at how dirty we are because we have nothing else to distract us from it, God. I pray that um, your love would come and fill that, God. It would come replace the anxiety, Lord. It would just flow through everyone in our community and everyone watching and just your church, God, and your bride, Lord. I just pray for divine grace to get up in the morning and look at you and, and speak to you all day long and <laughs> turn turn all inner monologues into conversations with you, God. Just divine grace to do that and no more lies and no more um, demonic oppressions or anything that's that's keeping them from from the open line of communication that's, that's to you, God, because you tore the veil, Lord. And I just pray that you would help us to have peace during this time and, and to open our word and open the Bible and just read it and journal. God, give us divine motivation that it's worth it and that it's there's a point to this. God, give us vision in the name of Jesus. Just Thank help you. us, God, yeah. Thank you. Lord, we love you. We just seal all these things right now. Bless every person that's receiving from this. Just set a fire in their soul. Set your seal on their hearts. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.